Welcome to Connect the Knots. I'm your host, Julia Hurley, and today's guest is one of my favorite all-time former politicians, Stacey Canfield. Stacey, thank you so much for being on our show. Hurricane, great to see you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> the Hurricane was my nickname, and it's still kind of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting go. I'm going to keep you to it. That's okay. I love it. I love it. Listen, Stacey, let's start this whole thing off with where you're originally from and how you ended up in Knoxville. Sure. Well, my family goes back to first families in Tennessee. So my grandparents, aunts and uncles were here. Uh, my mom was born and raised here, uh, but she wanted to learn to snow ski. So she went up north, uh, ended up getting getting a job. For, she, um, she thought it was going to be a short-term thing, ended up getting a good job in New York because the schools were very good at the time there and not as good here. Uh, and ended up getting married, had us. We'd spend our summers in Tennessee. And uh, I finally just said, you know, I love Tennessee much more than New York. I realized, I mean, I was getting... I, I really, from a very young age, I could see differences between Tennessee and New York. Not that New York's a terrible place, the people in New York are terrible people. It has some very positive things too. But I got to a point and I said, well, the business climate in New York was terrible. And I don't think it's much better now because I know a lot of people there. It was, it was just, it was a dying community in a dying state. Uh, I said, the business, and I wanted to be in business. I was in business for myself up in New York. I was working myself pretty much to death and not getting anywhere. And I said, I'm working all the time just to pay all the taxes for New York City, which is what happens in upstate New York. And I was working nonstop and I said, I can go to Tennessee, the business climate's good, the weather's world's better, and the girls are pretty. You know, what other choices do you need? I mean, that's, that's you know, you're a young man or whatever, and you say, those are the three things in life. What am, what am I waiting for? Why am I here? I, is it just because I love filling my shoes with slush every winter and, and freezing myself to death and working a lot for the government? No, no. And, and, and the girls weren't very nice. So I said, I'm going to Tennessee where everybody's nice, friendly. Everybody says hello. Everybody talks to you. And uh, I'm going to come down there. And, and I did. I, I really just came down with a, a, me and a pickup truck. Uh, I had a business. I sold it up in New York. Uh, I had a couple of dollars, but really virtually nothing. Um, it, it more or less just enough to get me, get me, get my foot down and a place to stay for a little while while I got myself started. And like a lot of people, you know, when I was young, I, I started with those crap jobs that everybody has, you know, I was a lifeguard for a while and, uh, did some other things, just, uh, working for other people, pool boy, uh, whatever it took to survive at the, at the time. Um, it was sort of interesting because, in that that time of my life, I you know I I made a lot of new friends, which is great. Met a lot of really nice people, um, but I really never looked back and said, "Boy, I still wish I was in New York." I never had that problem. I never was like, "Boy, I wish I, what what I gave up." Oh my gosh, I had a great thriving little business, you know, and it was going. Great. I never looked back and said, "No." I just I always look back and say, "Moving to Knoxville or Tennessee in general was the best decision I ever made in my life." I love to hear that. So many people that are here from out of state say the exact same thing. It's like, once they're here, they never leave. But we still hear from people all the time, why Tennessee? And it's almost as if people cannot connect what is so special about Knoxville versus everywhere else. So I appreciate that story. It's a fantastic story. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, though, because I love that you have your own TV show. So talk to us about how kind of you got into that situation at this moment. 
Sure. I mean, really, uh, and, and if you're, in case you're wondering, brightdeon.com, that's where I'm at. That's the, the channel that I'm on. Uh, it, the show is called The Reality Camp. Uh, I didn't come up with a name, but it's a good name, I guess. Uh, it's just fun. We just have fun with it. Really, a lot of it sprung from politics. Um, I was in politics for a decade in Knoxville, uh, and that was another nice thing about Knoxville. They were very welcoming to someone who literally probably wasn't – I wasn't born there. Uh, I moved down when I was about 25 and said, you know, hey, this is where I, I want to live. And people were very welcoming, and they were very open to having someone like me just, you know, you can call me a carpetbagger. I've been called worse, you know, but they didn't really care. They were like, hey, if you're willing to work and you're willing to do the stuff, you know, God bless you, we'll take you. And I got into politics and um, made a couple friends through that. And the guy who ran the TV station, uh, I literally ran into him. I'm not sure if you people know what Fanboy is, but it's uh, like a a show of movie, old movie stars and stuff like that. You can meet all these people and stuff like that. I just happened to be walking through one day, and this guy had a booth set up. And he's like, hey, you're Stacey Canfield. I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm a big fan, blah, 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 blah. And he, I said, well, what are you doing? He's He's like, well, I do TV shows and stuff like that, and I, I do films for uh, like movies and stuff like that. He did all this production work stuff. And I said, oh, that's really cool. And he said, well, you ought to come up and, and be on our show one time, and, and uh, we'd love to have you because we had uh, uh, a lot of pretty big name, pretty decent-sized name uh, people coming up there and, and doing talking politics. I said, well, sure, I'll come up check out your show. Sure, love to see your station, see what you have. And uh, Alan Keyes was there. I'm not sure if you remember Dr. Alan Keyes. He was a uh, presidential uh, candidate back in the Bush era. Uh, let's talk about him and being vice president for Bush, the first Bush. But, you know, things like that, sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Very sharp mind. He was an ambassador for Ronald Reagan uh, in two different countries. And he said, hey, why don't you uh, come up and we'll sit in on the show. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. Sit on the show with Alan. Boy, that's a great honor, you know, get this uh, major player like that. And I said, okay, sure, I'll sit in on the show. So uh, it was almost sort of funny because the host of the show was just a good guy, but it was three people. It was me, Alan Keyes, and the host of the show. Well, the host of the show comes in, and he says, well, this is Stacey Canfield, local politician, blah, 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 blah. I did this and other thing, and Dr. Alan Keyes. Guys, how you doing? I said, good. And then he's like, what do you think about Donald Trump? And I just started talking. And I promise you, he gets up and just walks off the stage. So it's just me and Alan Keyes, and I'm just sort of talking, and I'm like, uh, uh, aren't you supposed to, the host supposed to be here for this? And I'm literally talking to him for like, I mean, literally like an hour. And I'm like, okay, uh, I was thinking it was going to be like a two-minute little chit-chat thing, and it's an hour and a half. I was like, well, you know, I got to get going, guys. And uh, uh, I guess we're closing out the show. Literally, they like threw me to the wolves, and uh, I, I we closed out the show talking with Alan, and I got, I was like, what the heck was that? And he's like, they're like, we wanted to see how you handled pressure, if you could just talk spontaneously on the spot. I said, well, I guess I had to. I had no other choice besides just sit there looking dumb. And he said, well, you did good. You passed the test. So how'd you like to have your own show? And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. Well, that you know, we did my own show a little bit, and I, I co-host with Alan Keyes, a lot for years we did that back and forth we had a good debate going on where we debate different issues and uh they just said you know i'm not saying i'm not i'm not like saying i'm a super funny guy but they're like you're very spontaneous and comedy relief where alan is very strict and standard and 
and solid. He said, how'd you like to do a show with something lighter? And I said, you know, that's pretty much what I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to do a show because I always believe the lighter, softer, fun side of politics is still out there. So many people say, oh, you can't talk about politics. I said, oh, yes, you can. It's a fun, I love the topic. It can be fun. It can be funny. Uh, and they, I mean, shoot, just look at the stuff that's going on now. It's, it's sometimes you want to cry, but you know, there's a lot of funny stuff in there too. So, um, we started the reality camp and it's just been fun. We're literally bringing up, talking about news stories, uh, more or less making fun of some of the politicians of the day or whatever the story is going on right now. Uh, right now with Paul Pelosi, we, we did a whole thing on hammer time and, uh, we had MC hammer out there busting a move and, uh, we just talked about fun stuff. That was it. really just one thing sort of bled over into the other. So uh, I'm lucky with my job and my profession. Uh, I have plenty of free time. I can do stuff like this and have fun. And, and uh, uh, Knoxville's really been a blessing to me. Pain head to toe? Go see Dr. Joe. Certified sports chiropractor with specialties in dry needling, soft tissue therapy, TENS unit targeting, and spinal manipulation. 15 years of athletic chiropractic training at your service right here in Knoxville, located off of South Peters Road. That's Dr. Joe Cairo at GoSeeDrJoe.com. Call the office today or visit our website. Well, something I, I know many people don't know about you that I know because I'm your real estate agent is that you are a, what I would personally consider a real estate mogul. And people use that word for only people who have high rises. You have hundreds of properties. How did you accumulate and how do you manage that in such a small town like Knoxville without a, like you just have such a good base and an eye for growing businesses. Can you give some people some advice on that and kind of how you do that? Yeah, I mean, it really, <laughs> the best advice I ever got was from my cousin who said, Stacy, if you want to make it in real estate, all you need is a strong back and a weak mind. Well, I qualified. So uh, I guess here I am. Uh, and, and, you know, and more I look back at it, I said, you know, he's probably pretty right because you have to be able, when you're young, you have to be able to work a little bit and get your hands dirty a little bit and do the things you need to do to learn how to do this trade. And then you have to have a weak mind in that when something doesn't go right, when th something's going wrong, when you're completely burned out, you have to be able to just say, okay, I'm not going to think about that anymore. Forget it. I don't need that anymore. Uh, I can delete that from my memory banks and just move forward. I keep moving forward. It was really sort of funny. I came down, I bought a, a Tenplex with my cousin and that didn't work out <laughs> at all. So I was literally flat broke after that deal happened. And, uh, I bought my first house, I promise you, it was $700. I bought my first house for $700. It was condemned, it was in terrible shape, it lived right across the street from my cousin who, was, who gave me that advice. And it was, I just literally had to track the person down who owned it, which took time. I mean, it literally took me months and months of, I mean, sometimes you can go to the courthouse and get the records and find the person and, and call them up and say, hey, do you wanna sell this house? And there's a million people doing it right now. Uh, I pretty much did that process, but it literally I had to talk to a cousin who talked to, you know, the uncle, talked to the brother-in-law who finally said, hey, I own it. I've been wanting to sell it, but my uncle, whatever, the one guy who didn't want anybody else to get it except his buddy. So he kept stringing me along for months and months and months. 
and then he finally just gave up on his buddy and uh, I finally got through we I literally bought the house for 700 bucks because it was in rough shape uh, first house like in like anybody when you're starting a new trade you really don't know very much I knew a very little bit I had been an electrician's helper uh, for a couple months which more or less taught me enough how to wire a house roughly uh, it's it's not rocket science I always tell people Everything you see done in so many people are so intimidated. It's not as hard as you think. I mean, obviously electrical, you don't want to, you know, stick screwdrivers into outlets and stuff like that. But I imagine if you took somebody who has a little bit of training within a day or two, you can know the fundamentals of how to do just about everything on a house. Um, I did my first house. I got done. I said, that was terrible. I hated it. I'm never going to do it again. Never, 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 never. And uh, then I moved into it, and I was poor at the time. And I said, well, wait a second. I had It was a three-bedroom house. I was renting out the other two bedrooms. And I said, you know, wait a second. These other two guys are paying what it cost me to fix up this house, and I'm living for free. So this is awesome. So about six months later, somebody came to me and said, hey, I got another house for sale if you want one. I said, sure, why not, I guess. Maybe, yeah, maybe, okay, I'll take it because it was such a good deal. I bought it, I uh, fixed it up, I rented it out, and I said, well, wait a second, this is paying all my living expenses from, I pay off the mortgage, and I have enough left over to more or less put money in my pocket, and, and it pays for my electrical, it was paying for my food, my housing, everything, was now, at this point, I'm living pretty much free. So I said, huh. So I got a third house, a third house came to me, and I got the third house. And I started doing it. I said, okay, this is a system. It's not just me working. I got to more people working and uh, uh, one guy helping me. And we finished it a little quicker. Got the third house done. I said, now I'm just making pure profit. Um, and I started thinking to myself, well, how many of these do you want? Because at this point on, you realize it's a system. You put the money, a little bit of money in. Once you get that first one done, it pays for itself. You get 10, 20, 30, 40, however many you like. And that's pretty much what I've been doing is just growing one after the other. Now, if people who get into real estate, there's a couple of things, and I, I guess this is part of your show where you talk about uh, some of the problems with being in real estate versus watching real estate on TV. And I'm sure you've seen this a million times. Some people will say, oh, I want to be in real estate, or I want to be a salesman, or I want to sell real estate, or I want to do rental properties or whatever. It's all well, it's, it, you know, it looks great on the TV show. I want to flip houses. That's, that was the hot one a couple of years ago. I want to just flip houses and make hundreds of thousands of dollars every house I flip. I watch these guys on TV and they're done in 30 minutes. You know, the house is done and maybe it takes them a week or two, but it's finished and they made $100,000, $200,000, It's not like, it's not like that. Um, I always tell people, Everything you think is going to happen is going to cost you twice as much and take you twice as long if you're lucky, if not longer than that, especially on your first one or two. I've been doing this for years, and I've realized it, it, it's, not, it's not always smooth. You're always going to hit bumps in the road. There's always going to be something you have to take care of you didn't think of, which they show those in those shows. But what you don't see in those TV shows is when, when the husband and wife are done breaking the little hole in the wall that they finally you know, their first little effort on a house. After that, you know, after their 10-minute cameo TV time, they have a crew of 50 guys that come in and, and really just slam out the house and get it done. 
Uh, but I tell people anybody can do it. You just got to be patient with yourself. My first house took me a year to do it because it was pretty much just me doing it. But that was so key because I learned how to do every trade a little bit, at least enough to realize, okay, I can do electrical. This is what needs to get done to get this up and running. This is what I need for plumbing. This is how you do sheetrock. This is how you hang sheetrock. This is what you need to do for framing. You learn all those things in your first house or maybe two houses, maybe three houses. You learn all those things. And then it's so key because when you go to contractors and a contractor comes in and says, oh, I want to do the electrical or I want to do the plumbing or I want to do this. And it says, and they say, hey, your bid is $8,000, $10,000. You can say, wait a second. I could do that work with me and another guy and have it done in three days. And it's, you know, maybe 500 or a thousand bucks. So you can start making value judgments or, or based on how you want to do these things and how you want to make money. And, and uh, that's pretty much what, what you learn your first couple of houses. So keep that in mind. Now I'm getting to a stage in my um, career. It's very interesting what I, I've been able to do. Before, I was always doing one to the other to the other, just buying one house, fixing it up, renting it out. And as more money came in, I'd buy another house, fix it up, rent it out. Um, a lot of people have done things where they flip the first couple houses. I have a buddy of mine who I got, I'm not going to say I got him started. He says I got him started, but he, he had the motivation to do it. If he gets ready for it, take it. <laughs> huh? yeah, I, I should. I said, yes, I made him everything he is. He's a multimillionaire now and has hundreds of houses. And it's all because I helped him with his first house a little bit. I'd like to take the credit, but I really can't. Um, but he, he sold his first couple of houses where I just hung on to mine. He's out in Middle Tennessee area. He, he flipped a few, which made him very liquid, which made it easy for him to get past the onesie twosies, one at a time stage. What I'm finding now, and it's really turned into the hot ticket for really everybody. I'm seeing people now doing seminars on it. It's something I've been wanting to do for about 15 or 20 years. It's really now just coming into vogue. Uh, after the crash, 2008 real estate crash, so many people, so many big banks took a beating. They would not lend on investment property. And I had all these houses. I said, you know, I own all these houses. They're all free and clear. They're all bringing in positive income. My credit score is good. Let's move forward. What I want to do is start borrowing and buying multiple, multiple, multiple houses. All the big banks were so gun shy after the crash. None of the big banks would do it. I finally went to a small bank and had a lot of success Small bank said, we're here for you. What do you want to do? And I said, and it's become incredibly popular. I mean, literally people are, what you're going to hear on this show right now is what people are charging thousands of dollars to get private seminars for or charging hundreds of dollars just to do a mass seminar. What people are doing now is they're buying a property. Let's just say, let's just say you can buy a house. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to throw out some ballpark numbers. $80,000, you can buy a beat up house. Okay, and then maybe it's going to cost you another $20,000 to fix it up. These are just ballpark numbers. This is not anything, but okay, you have $100,000 invested in a property. Uh, what you do is you go to the bank and say, hey, I need the $100,000. I've got this house. I fixed it up. Usually your first one's hardest. You get it done. You borrow the money. There's a lot of deals for first-time home buyers. You get the loan for that house. Now, you have $100,000 invested in it, but you, what you have now is not a $100,000 house. 
you have a $150,000 house because you have your initial investment was 80, you put in 20. That's not the value of your house any longer. The value of your house now has gone from $100,000 or $80,000. It's almost doubled in value, say maybe $150,000. You have $50,000 of pure profit, $50,000 of equity in that house. You go back to the bank. The bank will say, hey, if you'd like another hundred grand, you have to put $20,000 down. You've got $50,000. So how many houses at $20,000 apiece can you get with $50,000? You can get at least one, maybe two, and have ten grand left over. We all know that real estate is location, location, location. Our team at Just Homes Group Realty Executives has the true expertise, pairing buyers and sellers with the right opportunities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home right here in Knoxville, Lenore City, Clinton, or Farragut, we have the expertise throughout every Knoxville surrounding area. Call Just Homes Group Realty Executives today at 865-693-3232. Right. Next total sale. This, is this kind of how you've done this process this whole time? It's, it's really, well, like I said, when I first got started, I was onesie twosie and just one after the other after the other. Now it's grown, it's growing very quickly. I mean, I've got like six houses I'm working on right now. Um, I've got other properties. I've got two or three other bear properties just waiting to go. Uh, so it's going very quickly right now and growing very quickly right now. But literally, I mean, you can do this. It's not rocket science. You just have to be patient. And I tell people all the time, I have friends who live in other states. Or I have people who live in Knoxville. And I say, hey, if you want to come and sit down and, and do lunch sometime, uh, you buy me a hamburger or take me out to eat somewhere. And I'll sit down and we'll just do the whole plan for you. And uh, I've been very lucky. I've had some people who've taken me up on it and some have become very successful. Some people just like to hear it and maybe they'll get four or five, six rental properties and they're, they're making good money and they're happy. God bless you. You know, I'm, I'm happy to, to add some stability to somebody's life. But the return on investment on real estate and property is so astronomical, at least in Knoxville. Um, and every market's different. I make no guarantees. That's a good point. Do you feel like Knoxville is still an opportunity zone, like for investors? Has it, has it reached its peak? Are we still growing? Do we still have opportunity? Well, Knoxville is still growing and it has been a very hot town. I mean, we're not like Nashville, which is ridiculous. I mean, the numbers there are just jumping by huge leaps and bounds. I mean, it's, it's the numbers are doubling every couple months, it seems like. Here, it, it's still somewhat reasonable. You can still buy inexpensive houses and fix them up. I, uh, I'm i not really big on the big expensive places. I don't think there's, uh, as you can't make margins on that for rental and stuff like that. I think smaller two-bedroom, three-bedroom houses, uh, more family-style houses you can make good money on. Uh, I There's plenty of room. To, there's always room to make money. Listen. I still, I look at all these other places and they're all trying to catch up to what Tennessee's doing. I agree with that 100%, 100%. So goal for the next five years, we know Knoxville's gonna continue to grow. We know that there's opportunity here. We know that more people are coming here for opportunity. Where do you see Knoxville in five years? Growing really quickly. Uh, right now our downtown has already exploded. It, it became a hippie, trend, hipster, trendy area, which I, you used to be able to shoot a gun down the main street of downtown 
and at, at 8 o'clock at night, and you wouldn't hit anybody. You could stand on one end and shoot a shotgun and not hit a thing. You used to be able to buy uh, whole floors of major buildings for $10,000. Obviously, those days are gone. I mean, now it's, you know, $200 a square foot type thing for the downtown trendy spaces. But you can still get many, many houses on the outskirts of town. I think a lot of that smaller two-bedroom, three-bedroom houses are still growing. People are still coming into Tennessee, which is great for people in rental. There's not enough houses. If you have one, your rentals are going. I mean, mine, I hate to say it, almost some of them have probably doubled in the last three, four years. I don't up them on people when they're in there, but if they move out, I go up to whatever their current value is. Some of them have doubled in value in the last four or five years, I'd say. That market is still available. There's always still a, a bull there. I want to say something right there because I think that this is something that people don't know about you that I'm going to share. And I hope you don't mind me sharing this because I find it really important. I don't raise my rents on my people very like maybe $50 a year until they move out. And then I also go to market rate and that creates loyalty and they bring me other renters and it creates a situation where people know that you are a trustworthy person. And I brought, I bring renters to you all the time and you've gone above and beyond for some student athletes that no one else would help. You don't ask for accolades. You don't ask for pats on the back. You always do the right thing. And I think that that is an attractive thing for Knoxvillians to know that when you connect with the right people in this town, that's the name of this podcast, Connect the Knox, that you're going to get taken care of and you can do a handshake deal. And there are people here that will still honor that system. So I want to just point that out and say thank you because I've always appreciated that about you. And I think that's a really great thing. Well, you're very kind, and I, I've been very blessed, so I do not mind sharing that blessings to others. I, you know, I don't have to do another house for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm very well taken care of. I could take care of myself for the rest of my life with no problems doing anything. I do this to help people because I enjoy it. Uh, I literally, the first time ever, all the taxes went up in the city of Knoxville about 50% or 100%, and for the first time ever, I had to tell people, hey, guys, I hate doing this. Some of you have been with me four or five years saying, I hate to do this, but my rents are going to have to go up. And it, I didn't go up very much. I went up maybe 100 bucks a month at most. And literally, I thought, man, everybody's going to be mad. Everybody's going to leave. Everybody's just going to hate me because I'm upping rents at the end of their lease. And every single person, two of one of them, said, we understand. That's very kind of you to only up it that much. So many other people are jumping at a whole bunch more. We appreciate you. And it, it just made me feel good that people could see, hey, the other side of it is I'm not doing this you know, I didn't. I could have really jacked it on them, you know, and said, hey, you know, the market's gone up 25%, so, you know, your rent's going up 25%. And to me, it was like a, a 5% raise or increase in, in rents. And everybody was really good about that. I was really pleased at how everybody took it. And Well, you, ha you have the Southern mentality. And when you treat people right, people treat you right. And I think that that's something that is very, it's, so, it's such a good thing. So we only have three minutes left. Three, go. So here's what we're going to do. Speed three. run. So we got favorite restaurant in Knoxville. Favorite restaurant is probably, well, what kind of food? Any food. What's your favorite thing? You know what Knoxville needs? What Knoxville needs a good Italian restaurant. We don't have a good, we got great barbecue. Awesome barbecue. We got okay pizza. Uh, I didn't ask you what Knoxville needed. I said, what is your favorite restaurant? I'm telling you, if there's anybody out there from an Italian restaurant family you need to come to Knoxville. You will be rich. You will make an ever-loving fortune if you make good Italian food. There's, there, that's what we need. All right. Uh, best, there's a uh, 
couple pizza places I like a lot. You know, I, I have a garbage gut stomach. Um, so I'll eat just about anywhere and anytime. Uh, gosh, favorite restaurant. Um, I'm trying to think the last place I went. There's so many good places in Knoxville. There really are. There's a lot of trendy new restaurants and you can go on and on and on about them. Oh, there's a, a, a pizza place off of Broadway and I cannot remember the name of it right now. It's escaping my mind that I really like their, uh, veggie Supreme pizza. Um, there's a place uh, called La Herradura, which is Mexican food. I love them. They literally grew from a taco truck to two taco trucks to five taco trucks. Now they have like two different restaurants and five taco trucks, and they're just doing where? Where is this? There's one. The one. There's one near my house, which is great for them because I hit that place up probably three times a week. Uh, La Herradura is a yellow taco truck on Broadway. There's one there. There's uh, or on merchants there's a store or one of their hard locations is on broadway there's one on kingston pike one of their taco trucks there's one in south knoxville they're all over the place but they're really good there's a they they took over an old chick-fil-a up near west town mall uh they're really good mexican food awesome mexican food okay i'm gonna check out the la horadora near west town mall that's the one closest to me so just, i've never been and that you're the first person I've interviewed that has a restaurant I've never been to. So now I'm excited to try it out. One minute or less, how can people find your website, find you, and be able to connect with you outside of this space? Sure. Brighteon.com. This spelled like brighteon.com. You can go there. You can go to Stacy Canfield. I'm on Facebook. One of mine just got shut down. A curse on you, Mark Zuckerberg. But uh, uh, I'm on Facebook if you want to. Uh, if you want to contact me, if you want to set up a lunch, we can set up lunch and I'll try and show you whatever I can, help you out any way I can. Uh, let's see, therealitycamp.com, therealitycamp.com. That's my TV show, and uh, thank you so much for having me on, Julia. I love you, Stacey. I think you're one of my favorite people in Knoxville. If anybody needs to connect with Stacey Campfield, he's one of my best friends. I've got it. If you need some rental information, you need a house, I've got a connection for you. Make sure that you visit Connect the Knot. Thanks for visiting, everybody. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the show. Make sure to like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review on your podcast player of choice. And if you would like information on moving to Knoxville, send me a private message. As always, this is Julia Hurley connecting Knoxville to the nation.